0: Hi, I'm Associate Pastor Ryan French, and we're so glad you're listening to the Apostolic Tabernacle Church podcast. We hope this teaching and preaching resource is a blessing. We'd love to pray for you. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, you can do so by visiting our website, www.aptabupc.com. Just click the prayer request tab in the menu. You can also support this ministry with an offering at the website as well, or by texting the word GIVE to 678-846-6522. Again, that's 678-846-6522. If you live in the Atlanta area, we'd be honored to see you in one of our services. We'll invite you right into our church family and make you feel right at home. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to direct you to Joshua chapter six, verse number five. It'll be our first passage of scripture. And I want to talk to you about faith in action, or what faith looks like in action. Because faith, as, as you know, is a verb. Faith is something that we must do. It's not just something that we believe or feel. Faith is not just a feeling. Faith is not just uh, a doctrine or a dogma. Faith is more than just a religious term. Faith is an action. It's something that we we have to exercise like a muscle. We have to allow it to grow. We have to use it every single day. And I want to give you some practical examples of what faith looks like in action and what it means for us to use it on a daily basis. And our first example comes from Joshua chapter 6, verse number 5, and I'm going to tell you what faith in action looks like. Faith in action is thanking God before we receive it. Faith in action is thanking God, praising God, worshiping God before we receive whatever it is that we're asking God to do or believing God to do. So here's a great example from Joshua 6, 5. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Here we have, of course, the, the famous story of the walls of Jericho, and Joshua was leading God's people. This was the very first obstacle. The city of Jericho and its, its famed walls were the very first obstacle that God's people had to go through as they were entering into the promised land. Now, it was the first of many battles, it was the first of many cities that they would have to fight to conquer, but it was perhaps the most intimidating of all the cities occupied in the land of promise that God had given to his people. And so when when the Israelites saw the walls and they saw the mighty armies of Jericho, they were intimidated, and God gave Joshua a word. And he said, I want you to do something that seems very crazy. I want you to just march around the walls and uh, do that for seven days. On the seventh day, you're going to march around seven times. And at the end of that seventh day, seventh march, you're going to blow the trumpets with all of your might. You're going to shout like crazy people at the top of your lungs, and you're going to have to do that before you see the miracle happen. You're going to have to worship by faith. You're going to praise by faith in advance before the miracle happens. This is what faith looks like in action. It's thanking God, believing God, trusting God, worshiping God before we ever see the miracle happen. And so as as children of God, if we are asking the Lord to do something for us, we should make sure that we are willing to praise Him by faith before we receive the answer to our prayer. If you need a miracle in your body, Praise God for the miracle before you receive the miracle. If you need a financial blessing, praise God for the financial blessing before you receive the blessing. Give him praise in advance. This is called faith praise, where we're thanking God by faith because we believe not only is he able, but he is going to fulfill his promises. If God made you a promise, now, of course, if God didn't promise it to you, That's a different story. But if God makes you a promise, you can believe absolutely that God is going to fulfill his promise. And so we thank him in advance. That's what faith looks like in action. Faith doesn't wait for the miracle. Faith doesn't wait to give God praise. Faith doesn't wait for all of the circumstances to be exactly the way we want them to be. No, faith gives God praise in advance. It's thanking God before we receive it. Thanking God before we receive it. Now, number two, faith in action is trusting. Now, this is a little different. You've got to pay attention here. Faith in action is trusting God even if we don't get it. Faith in action is trusting God even if we don't get what we want even if we don't receive it the way we want to receive it. I'm going to take you to Second Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 and 13, and give you an example. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom, and he shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever." Now, this was a promise to David regarding the building of the temple and also regarding the fact that the lineage of kingship would reign past David's lifetime. David was, spent his entire life and, and certainly his entire kingship longing to build an opulent, Temple of worship and sacrifice unto the Lord. It was David. David was a, a man after God's own heart. He was a worshiper. He was flawed. He was imperfect, but he loved to worship the Lord. And it was his great desire to build a temple to the Lord. But David was not able to see that promise fulfilled in his lifetime. David had to trust that God was going to fulfill that promise in his son Solomon's lifetime. And so David had to trust God for something that he was never going to see. The Bible speaks of this on on many occasions. The Bible talks about Abraham, the father of the faithful, the father of Israel, and the Bible speaks in in the book of Hebrews, chapter eleven, in in the in the hallway of faith, the heroes of faith that are listed all throughout chapter eleven, and the Bible talks about how Abraham was given a promise that from his lineage there would be a great nation. In fact, there would be so many people from from his lineage that it would be like the sands on the seashore. But Abraham never saw that promise fulfilled. Abraham never saw his children become a great nation. He never saw Jacob become Israel. He he never saw these promises fulfilled, and yet he died. This This is what Hebrews 11 says about Abraham. He died believing in a promise that he had never seen because he trusted that God was going to keep his word even after his death. We see this in the story of Elisha as well. Remember that Elisha was promised a double portion of his mentor, the prophet Elijah's ministry. And God said, I'm going to give you a double portion of the anointing of the prophet Elijah. But when Elisha died, he was one miracle short of the double portion of miracle power. And yet, Even in his death, the Bible says that there was a battle taking place and a soldier died, and when the soldier died, he fell into the grave of the prophet Elijah. And when the soldier's dead body touched the bones of the prophet Elisha, he was instantly healed and raised back to life. God fulfilled the promise of the double portion even after Elisha was dead. Sometimes God answers prayers And sometimes God fulfills promises and not necessarily in the ways that we want them to happen. For example, Moses was not able to enter into the promised land. Think of that. He led the people for decades and decades in the wilderness. He brought them out of Egypt, and yet he had to die looking across at the promised land, trusting that God was going to lead his people there even after his death. Faith is trusting God. Faith in action is trusting God when it seems impossible. It's trusting God when it seems like we're not getting it our way. It's trusting God when it seems like we're dying and we're not going to see the promise fulfilled. Faith is believing that God can do it in his way, in his time, and it will be the right way. Number three, faith in action is believing when we do not see it when we absolutely cannot see it. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By very definition, the word faith means that we do not see or understand what is happening or how it's happening. If you could understand it and if you could see it, it wouldn't be faith, you wouldn't need faith. That would simply be believing. Faith is different than believing in the sense that believing by faith requires that you don't have all the answers, that you don't know how it's going to happen, why it's going to happen. I I don't understand how God raises someone from the dead. Scientifically, it doesn't make any sense to me. If it made sense to me, I wouldn't need faith. Faith is believing when I can't see it. Faith is trusting that God is sending an answer when I cannot see God working, when I cannot feel God working. In fact, most of the time we want to have a feeling before we have faith. But most of the time we need faith the most when we have no feeling at all. We want to feel like God is doing it, but sometimes God is doing things and our feelings have nothing to do with it. We, we, we can't feel it. We can't understand it. We can't see it. We may not have even heard from God, but we trust God and we believe, and that becomes the evidence of things not seen. You and I have never seen God. We've never seen God. Our faith, is the evidence of something that is not seen. Our faith is the substance of things that we hope for. We hope for things by faith, and we believe in things by faith. And faith in action is always believing when we don't see it. This is the crux of the Christian faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if it doesn't require faith, then it's probably not spiritual. Spiritual things require faith faith. All right, number four, faith in action is obeying when we don't understand it. Faith in action is obeying when we don't understand it. Now, you might say, Brother Ryan, uh, I I want to understand the Word of God. And of course, it's good to try to obtain understanding of the Word of God. But there are some things that in our human frailty, in our finite human mindset, that we will never fully understand. And it would be hubris and arrogant and prideful for us to assume that we will understand all the ways of God in this world. God's ways are higher than our ways. There are some things in the realm of the spirit and even in the realm of the natural that even all of human science and ingenuity put together throughout all of time and space will never fully understand because we are not the creator. We are the created. And so faith is a willingness to be obedient to God even when we don't fully understand. I use this example a lot, but I'm going to use it again You and I will never understand why it is that God required Naaman to dip in a muddy Jordan River, a snake-infested river, seven times before he could be healed of leprosy. I'm sure God had a reason of some kind, and maybe a more enlightened preacher than I could tell you why, but I don't really believe that any human fully understands why God would require an individual to do that to obtain healing. But the fact remains, that's what God demanded. And by faith, someone had to be willing to say, I don't understand it, but I'm going to dip down in this river seven times until I'm healed. I don't fully understand why God would spit in a man's eye. I don't fully understand why Jesus would put mud in his hand and spit at it and then rub the mud into a man's eye. There's a few things that I think are interesting about that that might make a little bit of sense. But in the end, why would Jesus do that? I don't fully understand. But faith is a willingness to let God rub mud in your eye every once in a while, if that's what it takes for the miracle to happen. Look at Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Now the imagery here, the poetic imagery of the proverb is is very powerful. You have to understand when he says lean not, He's painting the picture of someone who might would be leaning all of their weight onto a, a staff or onto a, a cane of some kind. And if if you're leaning all of your weight onto a cane and it's, it's weak and it's not able to hold your weight, then eventually you're going to fall over. You're going to hit the ground hard. And, and the proverb is trying to give us an understanding. This is exactly what happens When we try to lean to our own understanding in this world, if we put all of our weight, if we put all of our trust and all of our pressure on our own ability to understand, then we will fail eventually because we're not capable of understanding everything. Verse 6 says this, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he, God, shall direct thy paths. "'Be not wise in thine own eyes, "'fear the Lord, and depart from evil.'" This is the mindset of a godly man and a godly woman. We don't lean to our own understanding because we realize that our own understanding is flawed at best. Our own ability to reason and discern right from wrong, it's flawed by sin, it's flawed by genetics, It's flawed by our intellect. It's flawed by so many things. It's flawed by our world, our surroundings, our upbringing. The word of God alone is pure. It's the only thing that can sustain our weight. And so we lean to the word of God and it directs our paths. God directs our paths and he alone understands all of the machinations of the universe. He understands things we will never understand. Sometimes the things that God require of us seem hard and we wonder, why would God ask me to do that? Why would God ask me to sacrifice that? Why does God want me to live that way? And sometimes we understand it and sometimes we don't. But in all of our ways, we acknowledge him and we refuse to lean to our own understanding. Instead, we lean on the Lord and we have faith. And we obey even when we don't understand. But the, Ryan, are you saying that it's not that you don't need to understand things? No, I think you should seek to understand. But when you don't understand, go with God, not with your own heart or your own mind. Next, faith in action is giving when we don't have it. Faith in action is giving when we don't have it. This is one of the harder ones. Look at Mark. Chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Now, this is Jesus. He was with his disciples, and he was, looking, uh, he was looking at the temple, and it was offering time at the house of God. And Jesus sat over against the treasury, over near the ushers. And behold, how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing, A very small amount of money. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Jesus was so moved by the faithful giving of this poor widow that he called his disciples together. This was not an accident. God included this story in his word for you and I to see that faith is giving even when we don't have much to give, even when it seems as though we're giving all that we have. And sometimes indeed we are giving all that we have, but that's what faith is. And this woman, trusted God enough and loved God enough that all she had was was just two mites. We might we might say in today's terms two pennies. And in the sight of God those two pennies that she put in that in that treasury in the house of the Lord even though in man's eyes that seemed like nothing especially compared to the rich men who were out of their abundance. They were just giving a small portion even though In man's eyes, it seemed like a lot of money. They were only giving a very small portion of what they actually had. But this woman gave everything that she had. And God said, because she gave everything, that is more than what all of those rich men gave put together. Faith is the willingness to give into the kingdom of God, into the house of God, even when we don't have it, even when it seems like it's too much. Sometimes 10%, sometimes our tithes, it can feel like a lot. And you know what I've found that's amazing? The more money someone makes, the the richer that someone becomes, the larger that tithe check gets, and it actually gets harder and harder for people to give. If someone goes from making $20,000 a year to $400,000 a year, that 10% seems like a whole lot more. And when you're writing it out, sometimes for a rich man, it's easier to find ways to give a little bit less. But for those that understand that everything they have comes from God, we give when we don't feel like it, we give when we don't have it, we give because it's right for us to give. I often think of the story of Elijah when he came to the widow woman, another Bible story of a widowed woman. It's amazing how many of these we have in the scripture. And they were in a great famine and the widow woman was there and she was gathering just some sticks for a fire and she was going to go home. Her intention was she had just a little bit of oil. She had just a little bit of flour left, and she was going to make one little loaf of bread for her and her son. They were going to eat that last meal, and then they were going to wait for starvation to take over and die. It was all that they had, and Elijah walked into her town and looked at her and said, I'd like you to make me a cake. Make me some bread, and she said, this is my last meal. And he said, I I want you to make it anyway. And so by faith, by faith, this woman was willing to give to the man of God. Now this seems harsh and, and it's amazing. Scripture does this to show us. She gave it to him by faith, even though it was all that she had. And when she was willing to do that, Elijah performed a miracle in her life where she was able to have abundance of flour and oil so that they would not go hungry throughout the rest of the famine. I promise you, if you will give when you don't have it, if you'll give when you don't feel like it, if you'll give when it's hard, you will never be without, you will never go without, and you will never walk without the blessings of God. This is the promise of the Lord. Give And it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over. This is the promise of God. Faith always gives, even when we don't have it or feel like it. And finally, faith in action is persisting when we don't feel like it. Faith does not give up. James 1 and 12 says this, "'Blessed is the man that endureth temptation.'" Now in the King James, that word temptation is not meant the way we usually use the word temptation today. It doesn't mean uh, a temptation to sin. It means adversity or testing, a trial or provocation. So we could say it this way, blessed is the man that endureth adversity for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Faith endures trials. Faith endures testing. Faith endures adversity. Faith walks through the fire. Faith goes into the fiery furnace and says, well, King, we're not gonna bow down. Whether or not the Lord delivers us from the fire or whether we perish in the fire, it matters not. We believe that God can deliver us, but if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. Faith endures. Faith is willing to step into a lion's den and say, you know what, I'm not gonna stop praying just because the world doesn't want me to pray. I'm not going to quit worshiping just because some people are offended by my praise. I'm not going to stop being apostolic just because somebody is upset by my faith. No, I'm going to endure trials. I'll endure testing. I'll go through whatever it is that life brings. And I'm going to keep on running the race with patience because I know that in the end, My reward is not earthly. My reward is a crown of life and glory. My reward is a mansion in glory. My reward is eternity in the presence of the Lord. My reward is that I'll get to see Brother Frazier in heaven. And I'll get to see Brother Richard Pope in heaven. And I'll get to see Grandma Smith and Grandpa Smith and all the saints that have gone before. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, When the trump of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And there we're going to have a joyous reunion with the saints of old. We're going to see Peter, James, and John. We're going to see Paul. We're going to see the great martyrs that died. People whose names we've never even heard before. But they're going to be heroes in heaven because they sacrificed and endured adversity and they held on until the end. We're going to see them and we're going to enjoy the presence of God forever. That is our reward. And that's my prayer for you. Faith will endure to the end, no matter the trial. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your family. I want to pray that your faith would be increased. I know that for some, it feels like your faith is being tested right now but if you will allow the Lord to strengthen you, you'll come out on the other side of the fire and your faith will be pure like gold. All of the impurities that were once in your faith are going to be purged by the fires of adversity. And now your faith is going to shine and have a resilience and have an anointing that it did not have before but you're going to have it now. Let's pray. Lord in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. I pray that you would reach into homes and cars and works at work situations, Lord. I pray that you would reach into hearts and lives. I pray that you would increase faith. I pray that you would increase endurance. I pray that you would strengthen and encourage, heal, bless, and Lord, I pray that you would hear our humble prayers. I pray, oh God, that you would bring us back together as your people to magnify your name with all of our hearts. We love you and worship you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you and good night.